You are tuned in with Reverend and Goodwill Ambassador Art Wilson. We started laying hands on people and the Spirit of God flooded into that place and God did incredible things. Each week, you are invited behind the scenes to be a part of exclusive and unique topics about world news, biblical finds, and religious events. Here's your host, Art Wilson. Amen. So we're going to continue and close out our series on the fruits of repentance. And I want us to go into this, and I just feel like it's such a timely word, and it's so important and so powerful and so timely that the Lord himself has called us to repent during a time when it's Passover. So I just feel like that's timely. And thinking about this message I did not consider it was going to be Passover. So we're going to close out part two with the actual fruits of repentance. And I'm going to take us into Matthew chapter three and verse number eight. And just read. It's only about seven words in this verse. And I really love it. And we're going into how repentance works for us. I know that I saw this one commercial. It's everybody laughs at it. When the person says, I've fallen and I can't get up. Amen. And that, that will come to all of us if the Lord tarries. But I felt the Holy Ghost tell me, in the spirit, you can fall, but you can get up. I like it. Look at somebody and say, you can get up. Shake your head at him like, you can get up. Like, don't give me that. Lay down there reaching, help me. No, get on up. The power of God that's in me is in you. Get up, get up, get up. Such a powerful thing. The Lord designed this in such a way where there is absolutely nothing that can stop his kids. Nothing. Doesn't matter what comes your way. You can come through it. You can come through it. So let's let's look into this. And we know this verse. We talked about it already. But it says, bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. Amen. Lord, thank you today. And help us, God. And we're just so excited. Just so thankful. So glad to be in the house of the Lord. Help us, Lord, to come to the understanding and the revelation of what all repentance means so that we can really leave here the better for coming. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Part one, we talked about the root of repentance, okay? And we talked about the importance, and I encourage you, this is not, we don't stream at 10 a.m. We don't stream at 6.30 p.m. because we're not commercial. This is the church. And we make it, we make a way for those that are part of the church, if they want to see or be a part of something, they can, but we're not just commercial. They get access to our 11 a.m. service where people can critique us and criticize and love and rejoice with us. Uh, But the other services is for the family. Okay, and so this is an intimate discussion. And we talked about digging up the roots of sin and failure and shortcomings. That's the beginning. And we talked about that last week, but I'm so looking forward to the result of true repentance. And today I want to talk about the fruit of it. 
How many can look back on your life and say, there's some things I've learned from failure? Can I tell you, there are some things I learned from failure. And I, 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 I know this is taking a risk, but uh, I thank God that some of these things actually happened to me. Because it made me a better person, a stronger person. And if you're not in the kingdom to be political and to be basically plastic, you really want to be better. You don't want to cover things up. You want to come through things. You want to have a testimony. You want to, you want to have a, just a wonderful ceremony that the test did not succeed. And that's, that's, a, that's fruits when we start talking about fruits. And, and root of repentance means basically to change one's mind. So when you uproot an issue... And you pull it up at the roots, you have a great chance of victory because you've gotten rid of it totally. You didn't keep any pieces of it, fragments of it. You threw it away. You didn't put it away. Y'all didn't hear me. You threw it away. You didn't just store it away. Well, I'm going to give that up. Put it up on the shelf up there. Bible tells us in Acts 19, when they truly repented, they burned all of that valuable. They burned it. I don't want to see it. There's some things we have to burn. Some things we got to just destroy. You will never be back. You will never be back. So as a result of true uprooting, you can have a true fruiting. I like that because it rhymed. But you 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 can have the fruit from it. Amen. And there's so much we have to recover from. We are a victim of our society. Our society has made us this way. Our experiences have made us this way. We have trouble because of our exposure. But when you're in Christ, you're a new creature. He passes old things away, gives you new things. See, fruit is new things. You know, I know you came from somewhere and we can hear the stories, but God wants to make you something that will blow your mind. And he can do it. He can do it. He can make use. God has a way of lifting up whom he will, bringing down whom he will. He's just good. And, And so fruit would be victory. It would be victorious, victorious living. God wants us to have victorious living where I passed that way. It was a struggle, but I'll never pass that way again. I am victorious. I am victorious. So fruit is living. The fruit of repentance is living victoriously. And the next level from living victoriously is becoming a minister of that issue. Not only am I, do I have the victory, but I can help you. Oh, my, 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 my. Let me tell you how I got delivered from that. And if he can do it for me, somebody help me. He can do it for you. So so once we uproot something and we start bearing fruit of something and we're victorious, before you know it, we can share the fruit and help somebody else become victorious that may be struggling in that area. God wants you to help people be victorious, but you can't help people be victorious if you can't have the victory yourself. So 
Let's first get you out. Then we can talk about you getting somebody else out. Amen. It's important that we understand it. I know we're in, a, we're in America, the land of hypocrisy. and It's easier to say, you know, you're perfect than to face reality when you look in the mirror and, and all of those things. And, just, you know, we can all put on an Academy Award performance walking on the red carpet coming to church. <laughs> look, at here it is, y'all. Perfection. God's been good. We know that ain't the truth. But keep on telling yourself that it's going to be a struggle. But when you start realizing that you are a product of great repentance and that God has been so very good to you and and is, is a danger in being plastic and being fake, you you forget where he brought you from. It takes something from your worship. Fake people don't worship. They don't. Fake people don't ever have to come to the altar. <laughs> There's some folks that still ain't been to this altar. We believe you. You're perfect. Right. So what we got to understand in our Christian life is that God is a very real God with us. And God doesn't gossip. He doesn't tell your business. You know, he'll, he's between, oh, you got to love the Lord. Lord know all that stuff. And he's like, now just between me and you. Matter of fact, I'm going to take it and get rid of it for you. But don't be playing with me now. Because I got rid of it and nobody know about it does not make it okay. You know, because God is so good and he covers us. He covers us. He's a, he's a covering. He's a covering. He's, he's a strong tower. He's, he, you, you can run into him. You're safe. It's just, he's a, he's a good God. and He covers me. Has God ever covered you? Not only does he cover you, he covers for you. Covers for you. He told him, he said, he snuck into the tent and heard Miriam and Aaron gossiping about Moses. God said, you talking about Moses? They said, what you doing here? I'm always here. He said, you better, you better close your mouth. Yeah, but Moses is guilty. That ain't your business. I got, I got your business still to deal with. You'll be talking about his business. So we, we got to understand that when we become really mature, we become very forgiving. We got to understand that falling is a part of life. Okay, it's not something that we're particularly happy about. And, and I know when we sometimes think about falling, we think about somebody that committed murder or something. And, and that's not always the falling that we're talking about. We're talking about you had a bad attitude. You know, we're talking about things like that. We're talking about thinking things you shouldn't. And, and this thing goes, goes very deep. You know, Jesus, they were looking at Jesus and said, oh, I want to tell you right now, you know, what's this whole thing about adultery? And Jesus said, listen, if you got your eyes in the wrong place, I'm looking at adultery in you. So, what, you, know, you know, what you got to do? You know, it's, all, it's not just the outside, it's the inside. So this goes very deep. And we're on a journey where God's trying to pull all of that out of us and and evolve us to a place where we're, we're, we're actually better inside as well. So falling is a part of life, but falling also reveals some of the shortcomings that we are dealing with and some of the imperfections we are dealing with. And the Bible tells us some things that are very alarming. In Proverbs, Sister Mika, in Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. My, my, my. 
Well, that's a revelation. He called him just and he's fallen seven times? I don't know. I'm not going to mess with it or anything, but I'm just telling you that's what it says. The just guy failed. And he didn't take the title just from him. That's not even time to deal with that. Because it's a part of us. It's a, we're, we're going somewhere. I'm on a journey. I'm not what I want to be, but I'm not what I used to be either. So we're, we're on a journey. And, you know, Proverbs is a very wise book. And then when we get to Galatians, Paul adds insult to injury. Galatians 4.19, let's do the New Living Translation. He says, oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. So this is the, you done felt it before, but now here we go again. He says, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Now we're talking about a full development. But there's a conversation to have. Oh, I've got some things together, but are you fully together? Well, no. So we still got work to do. Paul said, I'm not satisfied with you being a part-time Christian or a sometime Christian. I want you to be full-time. So it's very interesting. When we start talking about, we're, we're on the subject of fruit. It's, it's a part of the process. First you uproot, then you bear fruit, and then it's God's will that you can share that fruit and be a blessing to somebody else. And, and in that process, it, we got to understand that we're going through a transformation. I don't want to be a pagan. I want to be a Christian. Right? I want to be a Pentecostal. Not pagan, but Pentecostal. I want to, I want to go. So falling is real. You know, but, but God wants us to be better today. He wants us to be closer to him today. He wants us to be stronger. He wants us to be where we can stand on our own two feet. And we can be a strong child of God. Okay, where we can we can deal with some things ourselves. And then you will have been a person that have bared fruit. Okay, so the actual fruit of repentance, when we start talking about what the actual fruit is, we deal with some things. I got a scripture I want to read in a minute, but we deal with some things that fruit means I've changed my behavior. Okay, it's changed. I'm changed. We can change. Okay, we can change our behavior. The Hebrews teach, who have the greatest handle on these things, they teach it is not repentance at all by just saying I'm sorry to God. It's not repentance at all by just saying I'm sorry to somebody else. That could be just lip service. I'm sorry. Everything about your demeanor is like, I'm not sorry, but not sorry. You know, it's true. They teach that saying it is just the beginning. There has to be a change in your heart and your behavior towards the situation. So when you approach God, because there's some of us that are not forgiven for some things. 
because we didn't truly repent. It's still with you. So when you approach God, you are looking for God to cleanse you and restore you, and it is his will. But God wants to know, do you truly, are you truly here because you want that? Do you really want that? Well, if we return back to it, we didn't really want it. We were feeling remorseful, maybe regretful. Maybe, we, maybe we're sorry we got caught, or maybe we know it's a problem and we keep running to God, but real repentance is, I'm going to stand up and get rid of this thing. So the Hebrews teach that if you really repent, you have thought this thing through. And before you come to God, you think it through and you say, I'm fixing to ask for forgiveness from God. And when I go before him, I will make my petition to him and I will tell him. And this is what the Hebrews teach, that you need to not just ask for forgiveness and say you're sorry, but you need to have a conversation. You need, to say, you need to say, God, I've fallen. I've made a mistake. My attitude has come up short. And I ask that you forgive me. And this is very, very important. And then you say, because this is going on the podcast, so everybody needs to be able to visualize this. Then you say, and this is what I'm going to do to assure it never happens again. I've got a plan. This sin will never catch me like this again. And when you give God that plan, see, we have people that are addicted to sin. And so it's in our heart. And you've got to be able to if it's if it's still in your heart, the Lord's saying, what are you here for? You love that thing. So, you know, you can't serve two masters. So he's saying you serve that thing. If you really want forgiveness and you want to be saved and you really want this, fix it. Then come see me and I'll take it away. Bible said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He said, I'll take it away, but you got to fix it, uproot it. Have a plan where it won't happen again. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But it's also important that we understand when we talk about fruits is that God deals with everybody individually. I've got three children. Chitlins. Like, how dare he? I have, I have three children. And I, I have a different way of dealing with each one of them because they're different people. And God is the exact same way. He's our father, and he, he deals with each one of us. He has a different relationship with each one of us, and, you know, that's just how it is. And so God may be talking with you, and you talking with him, and God may say, you know, I saw something the other day in you. Get rid of that. And if, if you're not really in a relationship with God, but you're just in a contract, you'll go look at the contract, which is the Bible. And you say, well, no, God, you don't say that anywhere in here. Not doing it. God's looking, going, okay. I thought you wanted to elevate your walk. Okay. So, so it's very interesting. And listen to me, young people. If you're really going to do this right, 
you're going to have a walk with God where he may tell you to give up something and your buddy didn't give it up. But he's not talking to your buddy. Isn't that what happened with Peter when he was looking over at John? He's like, what you going to do with John? The Lord said, that ain't your business. Am I all right here? What's happening with me? He said, that ain't your business. Peter was like, oh. He said, you got to walk. You follow me. Don't worry about him. I'm going to tell you today, ain't your business. Ain't your business. God may ask you to do something. You go back to the contract and just revealed how deep you really are involved in this. And you wonder why God, why hasn't God anointed me? What for? Let's see if it's in the contract. Your name ain't there. Play with me. It's true. I'll tell you how I know this for sure. When I first got saved, um, there was this fleeting chance in my mind that I was going to continue my pursuit of sports. And I was a young person, and we had all these opportunities and all of this, and it doesn't matter. But <laughs> then it did. But I can't be here if it mattered. Now it doesn't matter. What happened? Something got uprooted out of me. You're looking at the result of something being uprooted. True. Now, let me qualify. Let me qualify. You know, he may not have said that to somebody else, but he really knows my problem. And I had a problem. I did. I had a problem, and the enemy was exploiting me. He would sit with me night and day going, why don't you go try out? Why don't you go do this? Why don't you go do it? It was stupid. Now, I'm thinking it was stupid. Not then. And one day praying and just walking with God, he told me, he said, you know, I don't want to hear no more about football until I, till I tell you different. I said, what? He said, nobody else has ever said that. I started checking around. And we said, no, no, no. God never told me. No, I'm going, that wasn't God. And he come back later. He said, I don't want to hear no more about it. I knew it was him. Then it's that moment where you're sitting in your chair thinking about it. I know this is just me. And I knew, and I just, I uprooted it. I really did. I uprooted it. And, um, and it was years and years. And then one day, God said, yeah, you can go check out sports. Do whatever. It's like, I can't even play no more. It's like, yeah, dude. The Lord told me that's not for you. Some things are not for you. Deal with it. This is about eternity. This isn't about some fleeting little temporary pleasure. It's about eternity. And, and, and sometimes God will do those things because and, and, and sometimes he wants to go to the extreme with you because he wants to assure that those old flames won't be rekindled. Okay, some things can be reincarnated. Really, so he'll say he knows how to do this stuff if you really let him. You know, and, and, and it may not be my issue, maybe your. I could walk by a cigarette machine and nothing say anything to me. But then I know people that are... A, they have a, that's been a lifelong struggle, and that thing talks to them. They walk by that cigarette machine and says, hey, Jimbo. <laughs> running a discount today. Remember that cool menthol tar that goes into your lungs, killing you dead? We got some. <laughs> You're going, 
And you're dealing with that thing. See, God doesn't want any other voices having authority in your life. So he will take you to the extreme to make sure it's uprooted. And you need to let God talk to you. There are people that have struggles in areas that God sees it's off balance and he'll push you away from that thing. And you see your other friend or brother or sister just blowing through it with no problems. And you're thinking, why not me? God said, I told you why not you. Amen. So that's the way that goes. So I need to bring this to a close because victory means you've buried it forever. Okay, because sin can return like a weed. It can return. So you want to dig it up. You want to kill it. You want it buried forever. I'm going to read this and we'll be done in Matthew 12 and 43. It's, it's sobering. New Living Translation adds a little more information to it. It says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. Isn't it weird, the mindset of devils? He had some kind of relationship with that person. He said, I'm going to go back to my old flame. See how things are. It's very interesting. Then the spirit finds, the, the spirit gets back there and finds the former home empty, swept in an order. There's been a deliverance there. And then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter that person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. So he's saying this evil generation will have this experience. When you're delivered, all of the things will come back. And if you're not careful, it'll come back with a vengeance. And it'll bring other reinforcements. You know what this tells me is the devil's unified. The devil will have other devils help him without problem. Stronger devils will say, you need us? We're there. We can take that person down. We don't need to mess with this stuff, folks. We don't need to mess with this stuff. So to plan for victory, here's some ideas for all of us. We always ask ourselves when we have fallen in a situation, what adjustments can I make to avoid this happening again? One is accountability. Another one is to cut ties. Another one is to put filters in your life so that you can protect yourself and basically disconnect yourself from the situation. If you're going to a school that is causing you to be lost, go to a different school. If you're working a job that is, that is killing your salvation, quit the job. Say, well, I'm going to be poor. Well, you telling me you're rich now? Nothing worse than being poor and lost. Jesus said that. He said, what, what's profit a man? Make some changes. God will help you if he knows you mean it. Job will fall out of the sky. I'm just telling you. And God will help you. I'm done. God bless you. We appreciate you tuning in and invite you to review this podcast and share this episode on social media to help spread the good word. 